what I would say kind of the end of the Facebook store heyday, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, where you could really build businesses with just Facebook ads. Now brands are having to get a bit more creative, but Amazon advertising has also been a great alternative for businesses in that they're finding actually a better return there in some cases than they are now with their Facebook advertising. Hello and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all. Hope you are having an awesome day. This podcast was really, really insightful. It's an area that I really just did not know a lot about and learned so much. Uh, We had Laura on the podcast. She is the CEO of Envision Horizons, which is an Amazon-based business. And what we talked about today were these three things and more. Number one, how you can use your Shopify or direct-to-consumer brand to also branch out into something on Amazon. We also talked about the best way for you to generate real sales and traffic with Amazon. And then I think the most insightful thing here is how do you actually leverage Amazon with your direct-to-consumer brand using Shopify to have a really cohesive strategy and use a large part of revenue towards Amazon to grow your business overall and treating it like a whole nother channel to completely take you to that next level. It's a very exciting episode. And if you are a e-commerce direct to consumer brand and you are trying to get in front of more eyeballs, learn more about ways to get in front of more customers and grow your business, then this is an episode for you. Enjoy. Hey, Laura, thanks so much for joining us on, on the podcast. Super excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So uh, I I typically don't do this, but I think you guys have a unique approach to anybody we've had on the podcast or at least a specific area. So tell me just a a really quick overview of what you guys do, because I think like going to your site, there's so many different ways or like rabbit holes I could go down. So just tell me a little bit about about the business. um, And then from there, let's go into something we talked about previously before recording that I think will be really fun. Awesome. Yes. So Ambition Horizons is a full service Amazon agency and we set out with the mission to make amazon less stressful and more profitable for businesses so we have our full service capabilities but we've also been working on the rollout of a software solution where we can help businesses more diy the amazon channel Oh, very cool. Okay. So that's, uh, that would be very interesting, um, as well. And when you say like full service with Amazon, you, you, uh, do you guys help with like sorting and like finding the products or it's like, we already have a product and then we come to you or what does that look like? Just to clarify. Yeah. Most of our clients are multi-channel brands, meaning they have their own D2C site or they are widely distributed through brick and mortar. So we're just one piece of the puzzle there. And I guess my point is it's more brands than just individual products, Mm -hmm. but that's also what we're really trying to work with some of with the software solution or the self-service solution is to bring the tools that we're using for multi-million dollar brands and making it more accessible to the smaller, more emerging businesses. Because 
My background is I come from small business. I grew up working in my dad's hardware store in Michigan. So I want to be able to give everyone the same resources that the big brands or the big businesses have because they can afford it. Um, and, and that's actually what I think made Amazon so magical back in 2000, I'd say 12 through 2018, 19, is there was this whole private label business that was a lot of really scrappy entrepreneurs who were able to build huge businesses. And now that it's a more competitive platform, you have to take a little bit different of an approach. Yeah. Okay. So you, you touched on something that I just want to just straight up dive into with this whole episode, which is how do you have multi-channel, right? So a lot of people listening to this podcast are just to clarify for everybody listening, most of you, I guess would know this, right? Is uh, Shopify business owners. Some people do a little bit of work on like WooCommerce, but they have their own brand or they have their own business, whether it's a clothing store, whether it's uh, whatever that may be it's typically like ran through themselves and that's the only channel. And then when they think of channels, they think of like social media. So it's different social going to their own website. And so you're saying, and I want to clarify it myself too, is you're saying that people will still be able to run on their own Shopify site, but then also sell on Amazon and not completely like dominate one way or another, right? There's actually, there's a way to be for them to kind of be symbiotic. Absolutely. And there are always concerns when we talk with brands that say have a really thriving D2C business. How can they build an Amazon business so that it doesn't completely derail their own momentum on their own website? And there definitely is going to be some crossover. But if you are a brand that is investing heavily in brand awareness, Amazon is a channel you need to be on because otherwise there's entrepreneurs out there that are going to see that as an opportunity and ride the coattails of your ad dollars. Mm. So this is just an example I'm throwing out there because I was looking at it the other week is there's this awesome supplement brand out there called Mudwater. And I feel like they're all over social media, right? Mm -hmm. I've never spoken to them. I'm not affiliated them. This is just a personal anecdote, but they're not sold on Amazon. And I can tell you, I've looked at some of the keyword analysis. There's other mushroom coffee, mushroom, like drink supplements out there that are showing up on the mud water searches. And I forget the number, but I looked up like a few weeks ago and there's, I want to estimate like 34,000 branded searches for mud water on Amazon each month, but they're totally missing. And they're the ones paying for generating that brand awareness. And I'm sure a very strong percent of this product education that they're bringing to the market, they're losing by not being on Amazon and it's going to their competitor. So that's somewhat of an extreme example because I can only imagine what their Facebook ad budget is if they are showing up in my feed as frequent as they are. Granted, I'm a little health conscious in my in what I consume and who mm-hmm. doesn't want more energy to be efficient throughout the day. Um, but yeah, I think there, depending on your category, there's a lot of smart ways to approach building your Amazon business so that it works to be another brand awareness and incremental 
customer acquisition channel mm-hmm. and not just a sales channel where it could be competing with your own website. And I don't want to be on too long of a rant, but I think the first place to start is your catalog and kind of what products you sell on Amazon. But then the other piece is if you are a primarily D2C business, you absolutely need to think about your timing and your inventory and overall operations because you don't want to go onto Amazon if, you know, excuse my language here, if you're going to like half-ass it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, like any channel you're expanding to, whether it's Walmart or Amazon or brick or mortar, you need to make sure you have the right processes in place in order for it to be successful and not just something that you kind of do because you're never going to see the return on that. Okay. Very, very good point there. And so when you're saying for people going to Amazon search, do you just search it? Do you use that as like another channel, kind of like a Google, like do people just go to Amazon and like look for like, uh, like they're not looking for a brain necessarily. They're just looking for a product type. And so they're using it just like a Google basically. Absolutely. So there's a bunch of different studies out there ranging from 44% to I think like 76%. There's a few different sources of what percent of product searches start on Amazon. Oh wow. And like there, I was just looking at, there's one study from 2019. I forget who it is. Maybe it's eMarketer who claims 41 or 44% uh, Jungle Scout, which is an Amazon research provider tool. They were claiming, they ran a study that proved around that 75% of product searches are starting on Amazon. So needless to say, it's a lot of people starting their product searches there. And the other interesting thing about Amazon is actually the majority of searches are generic. So they're searching for the product and not just the brand. They're really doing that discovery. Okay. That's very good notes because yeah, I I guess I found myself the other day uh, going to search for, um, I knew the brand. So it's like an element. I don't know if you're familiar or not, but like an electrolyte drink. And so I was searching for that. I went to their brand, but I always go into Amazon too, just to see like, is there one, a better deal for it? Is there another competitor that's like showing up to the top to kind of look at uh, the comparison, but then also who's going to be faster shipping? Is it going to be from the company, right? Is, or is it actually going to be from Amazon? Cause I can get it through Amazon prime. That's a, another thing I guess I look at. Um, so to pop up to the top of Amazon, right? There's a lot of searches for something, but if we found a, you know, you found a brand, like how do you make sure that you're not on page, you know, 75, just like a Google search with Amazon? <laughs> yes. So one of my biggest piece of advice when it comes to starting on Amazon is, and I actually just made a LinkedIn post about it today, is it's so easy to get caught up in what I call like the sexier side of marketing on Amazon, the advertising, what's called the A plus content, building a beautiful storefront. Those things are really great, but what really is going to help you with your discoverability within the Amazon ecosystem is having a good SEO strategy. And there's a ton of tools out there where you can research keyword search volume there's, you know, there's Jungle Scout, there's Helium 10. We even have our own version of a tool um, through our My Horizon software. So there's a ton of resources. There's a ton of videos out there where you can teach yourself how to do it. But 
that is what should lead you in your copywriting on Amazon. And also that should lead you in what keywords you should be buying. And to your point, if say you're a skincare brand and you want to be on the first page for face wash, you shouldn't go guns blazing to uh, be on page one of face wash right at the start. You have to build on that. So that's why it's helpful in finding those longer tail keywords that are very specific to that product that you sell, whether it's the ingredients you have in your product, maybe it's vegan or recyclable plastic packaging, and really target that because that's then going to help you build the momentum to eventually get to a point where you can start going after the keywords that have, you know, over a hundred thousand searches every month. Is there, I'm, I'm sure you have that on there, but like, so SEO, would you say is like buying far away the, the number one thing to focus on with uh, the Amazon business? Like, obviously I feel like you, you guys would help with inventory and we could talk about that or like making sure like, you know, certain things line up, but like without the traffic, it seems like it doesn't make sense. So is SEO, like if you're going to do Amazon, you have to invest the time and you have to, or at least hire like maybe an agency like you guys to invest the time to do the SEO. What ultimately matters on Amazon is getting as much traffic to your product detail pages as possible. Okay. Amazon's algorithm rewards traffic and they obviously reward conversions. And one interesting fact about their algorithm is that you rank higher and you have a higher BSR, which stands for bestseller ranking within your category, not based on your revenue, but based on the number of units you sell every day in that time period. So the best way to move a lot of units is you first have to have a lot of eyes on your pages. SEO is, and I'm saying this in quotes, but is your free traffic option, right? Obviously when you sell on Amazon, you pay them a referral fee and you have to pay someone to actually do the SEO, but that is your quote, free opportunity for traffic on Amazon. Okay. And that's usually where we start with clients. Now, Amazon is still a pay to play platform. You have to have a budget for your advertising to build off of your SEO fundamentals. Your SEO isn't going to just take off on its own if you're not buying those keywords or sending traffic that's related to those keywords. And another point or another traffic lever that we're seeing a ton of success with is the direct correlation between influencer marketing and Amazon sales. And we actually released a white paper last year on how trending products on TikTok are driving Amazon sales. And it's why we even now offer a Amazon influencer service uh, within our organization. And like, you know, there's obviously, and, and what I think super interesting is we have clients where they work with an influencer agency that's sourcing the influencers for their own D2C and brand awareness, but they still contract us because we're finding those Amazon-centric influencers. And it's just almost like a separate budget because it's driving traffic to Amazon because a lot of these influencers are part of the Amazon affiliate program. So they get paid on both ends. They get paid by the brand for the post, but then Amazon also pays out a percent of sales to their affiliate partners. Gosh. Okay. So 
just to kind of clarify even more here, uh, because this is an area that's uh, completely new to me. Whenever you're talking budget for ad spend, is it is it more of like an Etsy where you just pay and and once you or like a Google or is it more like a like a Facebook and Instagram? I don't know how familiar you are with all the different types of platforms, but how how does the advertising work there? And then like what's like a good budget or how do you yeah how do you determine budget? I guess. Yes. So in terms of the products or the ad products available on Amazon, they first started with the Google model with the cost per click model. And that's a great place to start. It doesn't require a ton of budget, but it's also the easiest to enroll in. So there's a lot more competition and more brands using those ad products. Um, So those ad products are sponsored product ads, sponsored brand ads, and they even have sponsored display ads. And then they even have some advanced like sponsored brand video ads, which video advertising could be a whole other podcast in itself. Yeah. Then they have what I would call the Facebook uh, replica. (laughs) Excuse me. And this is where you can do remarketing both on and off Amazon. And it's called Amazon DSP, which stands for demand side platform. And this is awesome, especially for businesses that already have a lot of traffic going to their pages. We can then start to repurpose it. But what's also very cool is you can remarket those that customers that have viewed your competitors' products or even purchased your competitors' products if you want to be really aggressive for market share or conquesting. And then it even goes even more upper funnel where they have OTT over the top advertising where you can buy streaming TV ads on IMBD TV, which is owned by Amazon. There's some Roku placements, Amazon Fire Stick TV placements. And then if you want to go even crazier, I know I'm getting out of myself. No, you're good. But um, they have a relationship. I, I believe it's Thursday night football they have for with the NFL. So you can buy ad placements there. I think the minimum buy-in is like 600000 or something crazy. And then they now have this really cool product called VPP, which stands for virtual product placement, where they now have technology where they can superimpose your product in the background of Amazon Prime TV shows. Oh, cool. It's very cool. I'm still trying to convince some clients to test it. This rolled out earlier this year. It obviously has a high price point. I think it's a minimum budget of 200000 But, uh, you know, for like large CPG brands, it's, it's definitely a, of interest. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15-minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreowner.com forward slash ecom dash training. Definitely. Okay. And so when you're in... Let's talk about the other side of the business that you're getting ready to try to roll out, right? Where people maybe, you know, whether maybe they're less than a million or maybe they're five million or ten million dollar year business. If I always like to play paint this scenario, if you had a great direct to consumer brand, you're doing maybe you did one million dollars last year in twenty twenty one 
and it was all through Shopify. You have a great brand on social, right? You have a good amount of following. Your content's amazing. How are you um, reinvesting some profits and how are you expanding to Amazon in the rest of 2022 to kind of close out this year? Awesome. So the, the first step is reflecting on your catalog. I think that catalog is sometimes underrated depending, obviously you have two products, you launch those two products, but if you say have 20 products, what's gonna be the best way to get started? And one mistake that I see a lot of businesses do because they're so terrified of Amazon cannibalizing their core business is they launch on Amazon, but they don't launch with their best sellers. And this is a huge mistake because Amazon requires a lot of time and a lot of resources to be successful. So if you're going to do it, you have to do it with your best products. And if you want to walk or crawl before you run, just start with your best sellers. Don't go launching your entire catalog. Like take your five best sellers from your catalog and launch those on Amazon and start to see what the traction is. And then you can start to add phase two or phase three of catalog rollout on Amazon. So that's really the first place to start. The second place is making sure that you have the bandwidth internally to do it properly. Reflecting on how much time as a founder or business owner or business leader it took for you to get to know the Shopify system and prepare yourself mentally that you're going to have to do it all over again on a new platform. So you have to be hungry to learn. Mm. And there, once again, there are so many amazing online resources. Uh, we put out like Mission Horizons, we put out a lot of awesome content on our blog and on LinkedIn. But if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, there's some other great people out there as well. Um, and that's my my other piece of advice is just take a week and, and learn it. Um, and don't just think that you can go out and hire some consultant or even an agency to do it for you. My best clients are the ones that want to know Amazon because they understand it. And then we can help with brainstorming with them on strategy. And obviously we're helping with execution. The third part is the business planning. So if you're getting ready to launch on Amazon, you need to start thinking about your inventory allocation. Like if you're already strained on your best sellers for your D2C, now is not the time to then just start launching on Amazon. I've been seeing this a lot where businesses that have been impacted by the supply chain backups think that they can go take their lesser sellers from their D to C and start to drive incremental revenue by listing them on Amazon. And then they're disappointed with the results. It goes back to the first point of you wanna start with your best foot forward. Uh, Amazon is very much a platform where you really only get one first impression and you wanna lead with the very best. So start planning whatever it takes, but definitely plan six months ahead of your inventory to be like, okay, this is what I expect the Amazon channel to do with a bottom up forecast of, you know, take the five products that you're going to start with, estimate by, you know, maybe the first month estimate that you're going to do one to 2% of your D to C and then start to build on that for Mm -hmm. those products. 
and then make sure you reserve that inventory because Amazon's algorithm can will absolutely crutch you if you go out of stock for a long period of time. I've seen this in a lot of situations where I do audits for brands and their sales are growing, growing, they go out of stock and then they never really fully recover. Wow. Or they have to do an entire relaunch of the product, which obviously is not cheap. Wow. Uh, are there any like upfront costs? I know. So Amazon takes a percentage and I know that um, like there's obviously different parts you have to worry about with shipping and whatever else. But like uh, what other kind of upfront costs are there besides like the education and to like work on a platform like Amazon? Is there anything else? I think some of the other upfront costs is especially if you're a just D2C business you may or may not have GS1 certified UPC codes. Mm -hmm. So that's something you need to make sure you have in order because Amazon requires that. The other thing, if you don't have your trademark yet, you absolutely want to get that because on Amazon, you get preferred marketing opportunities if you are brand registered, which requires a trademark. Mm -hmm. So that can be upfront cost. I've, I have a handful of trademarks myself. I've always had a lot of success with the website Trademarkia and getting my uh, trademarks. But the best thing to do is just go onto the USPTO website and start searching and making sure that there's no one else out there. Otherwise you could end up spending a lot of money and still not getting the trademark. Yeah, definitely do know with that. And I'm always, yeah, I guess the only thing part two that I've, that I've heard of, or like, you know, just from some people to be weary of, I guess, is like, if your product's like something generic or whatever else, like what's to say that Amazon doesn't just go create it itself and create like its own line of it or whatever. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's always been in the back of my mind. I don't know how, if they, if they can or they cannot, but 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 like the the truth is if there is a high demand for your product in the market whether you're there or not they're going to create it yeah yeah that is very true that is or very someone true. else will right. or a private label business will um and and i i actually think you know since change in leadership at amazon with the new ceo there's also been a huge change where amazon is now a lot more open with benchmarking data and data in general for brands. And I, they've always been customer centric. That's one of their main leadership principles. But I'm also really seeing the writing on the wall that they are becoming more seller central as well, or centric. It's still, I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't have a business if they were easy to work with. It's still a challenge. I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park, right. but I would say it's a lot more pleasant today than it was even three years ago. Uh, one thing, so this may be something that you may or may not know, but um, so there's a lot of like live social selling uh, going on. And I know Amazon had at one time like had brought in an influencer who was selling like these HPs or Acers or something like that. But I don't know if that's still like something that they're pursuing or something that could be like an ad placement option or, or anything like that. I don't know how, again, how familiar you are, if that's something of, uh, of note to you guys or not. Definitely. So Amazon live is still very much happening. It's going well. Uh, Amazon doesn't disclose the viewership of their 
uh, Amazon Live, I guess, audience necessarily. You obviously can see how many views your video gets, but I do think they are, they've been doing a lot of testing from what I've seen about having it below the fold on product detail pages when it's being highlighted. And they are slowly working to make Amazon more of a social shopping channel instead of just being this, this search engine. And I think it's why for a lot of categories, there's been slow adoption. So for example, Amazon fashion, they keep rolling out new programs. Like they rolled out the luxury stores, I think at the end of 2020 or maybe as early 2021. And fashion has been one of those categories where at least the more premium or higher price brands have been super wary of selling on Amazon because their discoverability, especially for fashion is awful because their algorithm is pretty much the same in fashion as it is say for consumer electronics. And mm -hmm. it's going to show the product with the most reviews with some longevity data on it. And in fashion, where there's trends and there's seasons, when you go and search sundress, you don't want to see the sundress that was most popular last year. Right. You want to see the new and trendy prints, et cetera. But that's why, especially for our apparel clients, we build the strategy of, okay, have your evergreen styles on Amazon. And then you can roll out the more seasonal colors or prints. And that's how you can continue to keep it fresh. Got it. Okay. And is that, is that, um, like, I, I guess I, I pulled it up here too, cause I was just seeing. So like, is that, I mean, it's still like, it seems like very early ish stage. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but it seems earlier than what like they've been doing, you know, obviously Amazon prime or whatever else. So it's, um, I, I would say Amazon Live is still very much in its infancy, and I'm personally still waiting. I, I really hope that they build a user interface where you can start to find, easily find those influencers that are producing those Amazon Lives, because right now the only way is to kind of manually go through and then identify ones. Uh, and this is what we do with our influencer marketing campaigns is uh, identify what ones would be a brand fit for whatever clients we're sourcing influencers for. Okay. I, one thing I was thinking about here too, is, um, as I'm just thinking about for Amazon, which is a kind of like a, a side note is the, the, one of the, I guess, reasons that some people do not want to go from Shopify or like to add on to Amazon is they're like, well, I don't get my customer data or I don't get any of that information. Um, would you say that's just like, it does not matter because you're looking at total customer acquisition and it's just a variety of like opening you up to more people or do you get some kind of data or is there like, what's the, what's the truth there, I guess? Well, to my point earlier, you're definitely getting a lot more data than you used to. Okay. And you know, when, Shopify store owners are saying, I don't get my customer data. Well, what customer data is it that you really need? So for example, we, within our Amazon analytics platform, my horizons, we can track your LTV, your repurchase rate, your average order value, purchase combinations across catalog. Like those are all very 
action or action oriented data points where you can actually do something with that information. Yes, you don't get their email address. You can't go and put them in some email marketing campaign to hit them up. But Amazon's also spent billions of dollars optimizing the customer purchase funnel. So mm -hmm. when customers abandon cart or they're perusing, Amazon sends those automated emails for you. Okay. Okay. So that, I mean, yeah, that's kind of the, uh, like, I think it's a, a catch 22, right? You get an email, but you don't get that much data on the Shopify side. But like you said, the, the other side of analytics, that's actually way more advanced than I was even aware of. So I, it's an email or phone number, um, right. Maybe a very small piece of what actually could be very valuable as you continue to develop products or continue to reach back out to like, you know, um, even people on your direct to consumer brand. So the combination sounds like it's a good fit. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and I think the, the one data sets that a lot of our clients are finding interesting is just the advertising performance, you know, with the iOS 14 update and, mm -hmm what I would say kind of the end of the Facebook store heyday, shall we say, mm -hmm. um, where you could really build businesses with just Facebook ads. Now brands are having to get a bit more creative and, you know, influencers and TikTok advertising, that's been an excellent alternative, but Amazon advertising has also been a great alternative for businesses in that they're finding actually a better return there in some cases than they are now with their Facebook advertising. Okay. So yeah, cause they own all of the data at that point. Are they, so if they, I guess whenever customers purchase or they go to like, they have the Amazon app so they control the data there and then, okay. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to like go through my head there of like, okay, how is that, how is that possible? How are they still tracking with any type of like iPhone or whatever else, but that's because they're doing it through the app or what's the, well, uh, I mean, the big thing is uh, the so majority of advertising on Amazon is still search related. Okay. So the user is either on their desktop or in the Amazon app and they're searching and then they're checking out within that same app. Right. So the attribution is super, it's a straight path. Right. And then when it comes to their DSP and the remarketing, you know, they do have a 14 day window of attribution. Um, although I think you can tweak it even in their settings to look at the seven day. And that can be that they're definitely using cookies to track. If say you're served an ad on Forbes.com, but then you come back to Amazon to buy it. Okay. Okay. So that's actually, okay. That's much better than I thought. That's actually uh a uh, very interesting avenue, mostly for that. Like if anybody's listening, that's a, right. There's, there's software out there like triple well to help with attribution or whatever, but like nothing out there is perfect, but getting onto a platform to be able to keep most of the data uh, makes sense. Cause like social, you're not there. On, you're not on social to make a transaction. I'm on Amazon to make a transaction, which is kind of the best of both worlds. Okay. Yeah, wow. and, and now you can even get creative, right? So like if you have an Amazon storefront, which you need to be brand registered to have, hence why you want your trademark before launching, you can even create the source tags. Mm -hmm. And then if you're working with influencers, give them that source tag, and then you can start to track the traffic that these influencers are then driving to your Amazon business. Oh, very cool. 
Okay. That is, that's the next level at that point then. So, but we got to go through that. How, how does the, the trademark parlor, that's probably a whole different thing. It's not necessarily related to Amazon, but it takes how long, like a decent amount of time or how long is that? Oh, trademarks. Yeah. I mean, minimum six months. Okay. That's, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, you're going to be waiting for like a year kind of thing. Okay. So well, we six months, six months, if you, you don't have any issues. I, I had a trademark that I tried to get for two years and I eventually just changed the name and then I got that trademark in six months. So there are some battles you have to pick. Uh, trademark law is not my area of expertise, but if you do have a challenging mark where say there's other companies that say are different categories, but they still have that, I would just find a good trademark lawyer and consult with them. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of the, I thought you're going to, I mean, who knows? You can tell me like, Hey, I found this really cool website where I can get it done in like, you know, two months, but that's kind of what I expect. There, there is some cool stuff happening where if you have the, not the registration number, but the application number, I think it's what it's called. Amazon was running a program that I think they were accepting it earlier. They would give you limited brand registry tools until it was actually formally registered. Oh, cool. I'm going to be honest, I'm not as much in the weeds regarding that stuff. I'd have to check with my team on it, but I know that they were running that program. Okay. Uh, we could, we could probably go for hours, but just to save, uh, for your time as well. I, I think the best way is for people to connect, um, on the website. You guys have a ton of information, uh, there, but where else can people, I'm going to definitely link up the website in the show notes, but what's a great way for people to connect with you or find out more about what all you guys do, um, and just make sure that they can, they can reach out to you guys. Absolutely. So LinkedIn is a great place. Uh, feel free to connect with me, follow me, but also the Envision Horizons LinkedIn page as well. And we do have some social channels, but we're a B2B business, so we're mostly active on LinkedIn. Um, but you're, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook as well. And our website is great. And we have also launched a weekly newsletter cool. that whether you're in e-commerce or you're on Amazon specifically, we, we try and give a lot of industry news as well as Amazon specific news. Perfect. I will make sure everything is there. And yes, definitely reach out to Laura and I'm going to, I'm going to try to connect with you on LinkedIn too. I just need to keep up to date with all the knowledge you have on, on this platform. So thank you so much for, for joining us on the podcast and uh, we'll chat with you soon. Sounds great. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at BitBraining and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.